0: Little food for your soul, so life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, family. Laugh a little more, families. Tight, tighten up your core, man. Said he can you're kicking it with four. With Amy Brown. Okay, so Chase and I were FaceTiming last weekend, and he said, Have you seen the new documentary that just came out on Netflix about the social media? It's called Social Dilemma. And I thought, Nope, I don't even know what you're talking about. Never heard of it, but I am always looking for something good to watch on Netflix. So, of course, I immediately watch it within, I think, two days of you telling me. And it's crazy,
1: it's mind blowing. So pretty much it's a documentary that explores kind of all of these creators who have made some of these things within Facebook and Twitter, and Google and Instagram. But like we love like even the guy that like made the like button on Facebook. And it kind of just talks about how their initial creations have become this thing that have not been used the way they intended and how like there's this big ethical question in play in silicon valley and anyways it's the craziest thing you'll see
0: i saw a one review that said after watching it it will make you want to smash your phone and just not even 100%. have 100 so if y'all are curious about the official description it says this documentary drama hybrid explores the dangerous human impact of social networking with tech experts sounding the alarm on their own creations The Rotten Tomatoes critic score is 92%, so, you know, it's good. And this is what critics said about it. What the film tells us doesn't constitute breaking news, but its value lies in pulling together some alarming, if abstract, concepts into a genuinely scary whole.
1: Like, it's terrifying.
0: Oh, yeah, I I totally agree. I used to think, okay, I'm a cool mom. I mean, I am. So why wouldn't I give my daughter an Instagram account? you know she was on tiktok mostly she was using mine but she deleted that on her own and she's a rule follower but it's just freaky. I'm even on it. I'm not so much on Facebook. Instagram is my go-to social media. What about you?
1: Instagram, for sure.
0: Yeah. I know some people just lean towards Twitter, some Facebook, but for me, it's Instagram. So, you know, I think in general, we know, like you need to go watch the documentary to understand the part that we're talking about, but I'll lean into more of what you may understand without watching the documentary. And again, it's not stuff that's going to come as a huge surprise, but it's just gonna blow your mind a little bit. But then what we do know is how social media can make us feel at times. And I did see this article about our mental well-being and things that we can do to kind of reverse maybe if we're feeling down because we've been on social media. And I highly encourage digital cleanses on the weekend, like schedule time where you completely put your phone away, you're not on it, or maybe you do it during a weekday. Just make sure you're being intentional about that. But pretty much this is nothing that's breaking news either, but it's always a good reminder to hear that if you do good, you'll feel good. And that's what the article was about random acts of kindness improve well-being more so than say chase if you were to be a scheduled volunteer like say you volunteer your time but every saturday you go Mm -hmm. down to the shelter and you're working four to five hours there's something about a random like spontaneous act of kindness that leads people to forming more social connections because they're more casual about it. And it's an informal interaction. Like you never know who you might meet or what it may do to improve your day. It's not part of your routine. And there's something really enticing about that for us. And so, I mean, feel good news stories are something we try to incorporate into the Bobby Bone Show with our Tell Me Something Good segments. I know that the news can be daunting, but even they're doing a better job of trying to sprinkle in a feel-good segment. And of course, we try to do that here on the podcast. But this is also just a friendly reminder that if you are feeling down about anything, or you're looking to boost your well-being, because maybe you've been on Instagram too long, (laughs) then... You know, look out for those random opportunities to be kind to somebody or help somebody. And again, it doesn't have to be monetary. It could be opening the door for somebody. And circling back to what we talk about on the show all the time, pimp and joy, which is all about choosing joy for yourself and spreading joy to others. You can look for opportunities throughout your day or your week to pimp some joy to somebody.
1: I mean, like you were saying, I think even the simplicity of like embracing strangers is just there's something so authentic about it. You know, like obviously doing a random act of kindness. Is like a beautiful thing, but it's amazing just acknowledging strangers and how far that can go in someone's day. I think is pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah, the report did say that one of the random acts could be stopping to help an elderly neighbor carry groceries. So maybe at the grocery store, you look for someone. Now, coronavirus just throws a wrench in helping elderly at times. Because Chase, I got to tell you, my dad is such a rule follower, and he doesn't want to get in trouble at his assisted living place. We were on a walk. Ben and I, the dog, and Stevenson. And we didn't have masks. So we didn't plan on seeing my dad, but we were walking right next to his assisted living place. So I called him and I said, Hey, what are you doing? He said, Oh, I'm about to go do my walk. So he does laps around the building and he's finally to the point where he's allowed to go do it on his own, but he has to wear a mask and he can't interact with people. And I was like, Well, we're going to, we'll just wave from across the parking lot. And he came out and he knew he didn't have masks on and he knew he didn't want to get in trouble. So he just kind of looked at us and power walked and he was like, hi, and waved and like just kept walking, almost like he didn't even know us. And Stevenson looked at me and said, mom, why is Papa ignoring us? I said, well, I don't think he wants to get his walking privileges taken away. If he's busted talking to us without masks, even if we are really far away, he just doesn't even want to risk it. And I used that as a learning opportunity for Stevenson about how we all have choices. And I said, you know how we've been working on you making choices for yourself and choosing the the right thing? Well, Papal had two choices. He could wave from afar and continue on his walk and follow the rules, or he could have come over and then gotten in trouble and then lost his privilege to walk. But he chose what was best for him. And Stevenson was like, oh, okay. Oh, and I was like, okay, this is what it took to resonate choices with you. <laughs> so... <laughs> Good
1: example.
0: Yeah, so that was, you know, my dad being elderly and not being able to really get out and about. So anyway, this is back to the article of using elderly people as an example. But maybe there's an elderly person in your neighborhood that you know can't go out and shop. Maybe you could order some groceries for them online or you can go to the grocery store for them and drop them off at their porch, see if there's anything they need. Like that could be a random way for you to look to help somebody? Or do they need prescriptions picked up from the drugstore? I mean, I have to go to Walgreens for my dad at least once a week. So I know that there's elderly people out there that maybe don't have a way to get certain things that they need. Just because you're going to ask somebody if they need anything from the store, don't expect like this long grocery list that's going to be overwhelming or too expensive. It could be like, hey, I'll leave my credit card for you out on the porch. Can you go grab my prescription? Easy peasy. I also yep. say that to my son. <laughs>
1: I think it's a great idea.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, wrapping up the first thing here, basically, you got to go watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix. And then, once you've been on social media too much, because we know you're still going to do it anyway, and you're feeling down in the dumps about things, then boost your well being by helping other people. That's the takeaway from this thing. Second thing. Last week, as part of our Four Things line, we released a shirt that says, It's fine. I'm fine everything is fine. Those are the four lines. Because Mary had been saying that to herself a lot. I've been saying it a lot. And we thought, you know what, that's that can be made into four things. And we know our four things community, our people will probably really like this 2020 has been a real turd. But early in the week, I had jumped in the pool with all my clothes on just this whole thing. I was really stressed out after a really taxing day. I don't know if I've even told you about that chase. I talked about it on the Bobby Bone show and did a thing on Instagram, but maybe you didn't see it. But again, definitely were in the throes of some things in our household and I had reached my limit. And I walked outside and jumped in the pool with my clothes on, not my cell phone, not my shoes, but something about it just felt so good and so freeing. And I felt like a fish in the ocean, even though I was contained in my pool. (laughs) But then Mary and I thought after that, that it's time. It's time to maybe make that shirt. So we put a pole up and Tons of people said, yes, please make it. So now those are available, which is super cool. But then I see an article this week that's titled Not That Bad, and I click on it. And it was basically saying that, This year may seem like a total disaster, but that 2020 hasn't been all bad because there's positive things that have come out of it, like the family connections that people have been having. But then my brain immediately goes, well, but actually there's some people that haven't been able to be around their family because of coronavirus. But then I tried to keep it positive and not go negative. But they mentioned how telemedicine is making healthcare more accessible than ever. And people have figured out a way to do things virtually, which is helpful for a lot of people. Anti-racist books are topping bestseller lists. And that is a result of some hard things we've been through in 2020, which is awesome. I think it's great. People are wanting to learn more about that and unlearn some things. And then way more people are washing their hands. I mean, (laughs) big win. That is an awesome. And then lastly, it said that Americans have adopted hundreds of thousands of shelter pets. Boom. It's not That's that
1: amazing. bad. You know, I had a rough week the other week and I was looking back and I'm like, you know, everything good in my life has come from a season of growth. And when I've had to grow, it hasn't been easy. So I'd like to think, aside from the things that have just felt good, like spending time with family and all of that, that we'll all look back and be like, you know, that year forced me to do some things that I needed to do for a long time.
0: Yeah, I agree. I've grown from the hard times, and that is exactly what I'm trying to look for in these moments. I don't know yet, what is gonna come of this particular season that I'm in. But I know eventually I'll be thankful for it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> for the for time sure.
0: being, I know that jumping in the pool with all my clothes on makes me feel really, really, really good. And
1: to circle back real quickly to the sweater, when I first saw that pop up, I laughed so hard because guys, that is literally Amy's response to me whenever I'm like, So how are you doing? Like that that is literally word for word, usually I'm everything's fine. I'm good. Yeah.
0: Meanwhile, Chase (laughs) sees everything burning down in the background. No. no. (laughs) You know, one thing that has definitely helped me with my mood is limiting news. But I also feel really out of it because I used to watch way more news. And then now I'm just consumed by other things. It's kind of happened. I know that I need to limit my news anyways because it's just toxic. But it's happening organically because I have to focus on other things. So, And I do see that mentally I'm doing better with that, not watching so much news. Are are you limiting news?
1: Yeah, so kind of my rule of thumb with news is I watch 30 minutes in the morning and then maybe 30 minutes at night, and I try to watch on a network that isn't, like, opinion-based. So, like, I always joke, like, Good Morning America, if it's something important in the world, they're going to tell you in the first 30 minutes, and, like, it's usually not, like, filled with opinions. So I just try to limit myself to 30 minutes in the morning and try not to read articles in regards to news on social media at all.
0: Wait, you mean if the news is on social media, you don't read it? Yeah. Yeah. If you, for whatever reason, are just randomly listening to the second thing and you didn't hear the first thing, then go back and listen to that because you'll know why Chase is saying that. (laughs) Well, I know that expert after expert on stress and well-being, they say, limit your news. Obviously, you need to be informed, but make sure you set a timer. Don't just have it on in the background all day, which when we were in stay at home, like shelter in place, every part of the country called it something different. We had the news on all day long. And that's probably when I hit a low with news stress, if you want to call it that. But if you're finding yourself having anxiety from the news, then make sure you're you're limiting it. And then yeah, unfollow any negative people or news places on social media that you don't really necessarily need to have that stuff in your feed per se. And then another Thing that has added a lot of stress, which again, I know this year has not been all that bad, but we have the election coming up. I mean, anytime I say it is not all that bad because I shared the little positive things, like a bunch of puppies got adopted from a shelter, it's <laughs> amazing. This, like the minute it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, yeah, actually, no, this year has sucked for a lot of people. And it is a really bad year, and it's going to go down as one of the worst years that we were ever alive, I'm sure. But to just pile on, we have the election, which is a real bummer because everybody gets so crazy town.
1: And it's just so divisive right now. And I'm going to tell like a real quick story that's kind of along with this. But I'm in New York City right now. And last week was September 11th. And it was the first time I've been in the city on 9-11. And I was in Dunkin' Donuts at about 845. And then you heard the chime at 846, which you know, signified the first plane hitting the first tower. And this woman, like, literally put down her purse and reached back and grabbed this man's hand. And then he reached back and grabbed mine. And then there was, like, eight of us in Dunkin' Donuts that for just a moment, like, held hands, didn't say a thing, and then just let go and kept on going with your day. And it was just the whole day of being in the city reminded you what it felt like immediately following that horrible day and everything that happened and how the country felt so unified. And so I just share that because I guess like I just feel like there's been days, especially gearing up for this election when I'm just like, oh, my God, why can't we get like, why can't we have a conversation anymore? And then I think back to that and I'm like, man, it gives me hope. You know what I mean? Like, it just reminds me that we've been able to come together before. And I hope it doesn't take something that terrible to bring us together again but I still love this country and I love the people I don't agree with but right now it feels like it's just so heavy yeah. in the midst of that
0: yeah that's that's a really cool story I got goosebumps when you told it but then I instantly thought did you hand sanitize right after
1: <laughs> we been <we did laughs> legit all and it's funny because in New York like it's a mandatory mask order so like when you're down the street everyone's in a mask 'Cause they're trying to keep everything contained. So I in the moment was like, Oh, we're doing this, we're we're holding hands but then we all passed around sanitizer and I, I felt like it was worth
0: it. Yeah. Totally. I think that's a good reminder that there is hope and there are special moments like that happening. And nobody was concerned about, oh, who are you voting for this election before I grab your hand and have this moment? So I saw that like 50% of Americans say that the 2020 presidential election is a significant stressor. And while I find it to be completely obnoxious and annoying, the people that are so one way and not willing to talk, like it's not one of my main stressors right now but if you're one of the people that is maybe posting your opinion strongly online or you're putting words out there that are hurtful towards a party that doesn't agree with you I want to share with you a post that I saw Jenny Allen put up on Instagram she's at Jenny S. Allen she's been on the podcast before she's the founder of If Gathering and she put this in her main post and then I'll read you the caption as well But she typed up, I know everyone is all worked up about politics and a pandemic, but don't forget someone reading your words tonight just found out they have cancer or they are in a painful marriage or their home is threatened by fires or they are doubting their faith or they are so lonely tonight they might explode or they are trying hard not to fall back into addictions. So that was what she put in the picture part. And then in the caption, she wrote, I know the issues matter, but life didn't stop for a pandemic. Life hasn't stopped for an election. Be kind. And to anyone suffering in any way, we would love to pray for you tonight. Just leave a comment, and if you pray for the comment, tell them or like their post. And if you can't say it publicly, then all you got to say for a prayer is unspoken, and we'll pray for that too. So I thought, man, thank you, Jenny Allen. That was so special, and it gave people, and she had almost 2,000 comments of people saying their specific need and then others saying, hey, I'm praying for you. Or she had other people commenting unspoken and others were like, hey, I got you. And it was strangers coming together. Now I know, again, in the first thing we talked about how Instagram can be bad and social media is awful, but this is just, Jenny using her platform and her followers, or even if you don't have a platform, you just have your friends and family following you. This is using it for good. And I love that she put that reminder out there that don't forget someone reading your words tonight just found out they have cancer or they are this or they are that. And when you put your hurtful words out there or your opinions so strongly that they are not accepting of somebody else that doesn't agree It's so, ugh, it's just icky, it's gross. So let's be bigger than that. Let's be better than that. I know none of my listeners really do this, but maybe somebody you know might need to listen to this episode and be reminded that it just doesn't get us anywhere. And I know that when we have leaders and those running in politics saying nasty things, it's hard, but it's also, that just adds to the frustration of, okay, well, the people at the top are doing it and talking this way and being nasty. Why can't we have people just be civilized, but that's just too much to ask. So there you go. Again, I'll just uh, close out this thing by circling back to the start of it that this year's not that bad. not that bad. bad. Remember, anti-racist books are the top selling books right now, they're best sellers. So we are here for that and more people are washing their hands. It's amazing. (laughs) All right, I wanna tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. So we are getting things for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer. One hundred percent organic cotton, and it's forty nine dollars and ninety cents. It could retail for one hundred and forty eight dollars, so that's sixty six percent savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. So, Chase, I saw this thing that said, here are some tough things that people have to do to become full-fledged adults. So let's break these down. Telling your parents that you are just not going to agree with them about certain things. Was that hard for you at times as you matured into an adult and if you lean a different direction than them, or are you still kind of the same?
1: No, I, I kind of enjoy leaning into that argument with my parents. Yeah. So I didn't struggle with that one.
0: But that is very adult. Some adults still can't sit at the dinner table and have a conversation with their parents about maybe they don't agree with certain things they just don't even want to ruffle the feathers so why even go there then another thing that it had was removing friends from your life that you grew up with who are simply no longer good for you
1: that's a tough one
0: yeah it's really i think hard.
1: i've been there before
0: that is for sure adult like and these are like serious adult like my adult things that i hate are getting gas
1: <laughs> I'm like, doing laundry
0: I'm like, okay, maybe I need to grow up a little bit more. Because another one is realizing that some people are making the transition from crazy kid who parties a little too much to person who has a serious problem with drinking and drug use. And I feel, yeah, that's probably more of a 20s type adult thing. But even as I approach 40, there's Times where I've even had to evaluate not being a party kid, but evaluate what am I using to numb myself, and whether it's been my eating disorder, or after my mom died, or after the kids came, I was having wine every night, and I had to be an adult and rein that in. That's just not gonna work for me.
1: I've been in that boat. I mean, I a couple years ago started to develop a problem with alcohol, and luckily, great adult friends kind of intervened and you know helped me see that where I was able to take care of it early. I'd say that would be a tough thing. I mean, being an adult is dealing with your adult friends when they have adult problems. That's one thing I haven't enjoyed.
0: (laughs) Well, and then as an adult too, it says here, you have to be okay knowing that there might be nothing that you can do to help them because they have to help themselves because they are adults. I was talking to my therapist about something similar to this and how I felt like if I were to abandon a certain situation similar to this in a way that I would feel responsible if they went and drank again or did something. And she said, that's not your responsibility. That is on that person. So you don't need to carry that weight. And I thought, "Oh, okay, well, I still do. And then it ended the little article about being a real grown up is accepting that sometimes your parents really were right about things.
1: (laughs) Oh, luckily they don't listen to this because they're not up to speed on podcasts, but I would have to admit they were right on a lot of things that I don't want to admit.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. My mom, you know what my mom was right about? And since she's passed away, she's not even here to see it through, but how I treated my mom so poorly. I was awful to her. My hormones were crazy. And I, I mean, as I developed into a teenager and she just told me, you just wait. I can't wait for you to have a daughter one day. And I mean, Stashira and I, we get along great, but there's times where there's that friction. And I just think, oh, this is payback for my mom. She was so right. But I I would tell her, no way. I'm not ever going to be like you. I'm going to be Cool. cool. Awesome. Mom. My daughter's not going to ever do that. And I'm like, no, my mom was right. Nope. I mean, I'm almost exactly like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's just a natural progression of growing up and part of everything. So anyway, they're just some grown up things. Just know that that stuff is definitely hard. The stuff I listed off, but I would love to hear from y'all what things are hard for you when it comes to adulting. You can hit me up on Instagram at Radio Amy. And then Chase's Instagram is, what is your, yours has an underscore? What is it again?
1: At Chase Lock underscore.
0: Yeah. L-O-C-K-E underscore. So we're all just adults here. But I actually, I do have, I get emails from 12-year-olds and 60-something-year-olds. I think the oldest person I've received an email from is 61. So holla at me if you're older than 61. would love to hear from you. And then the youngest person I've received an email from is 12. That's awesome. So hit me up. Four Things with Amy Brown at gmail.com. Four Things
1: with Amy Brown.
0: So I have a Labradoodle named Kara, who has been in our family for about two years now, and she just made it to the I love you level. Like, I I love her now. She is awesome but for a long time she was in the I like you kind of category. We were all just kind of annoyed with her, but now we all love her. And I think what took so long was cuz Josie was so awesome. She was our Rottweiler that we had for 10 plus years. She got cancer, passed away shortly after our kids got here from Haiti. So it was just a very heavy time. The kids were sort of just starting to bond with her and then I was like, "Oh, well, Josie died. Sorry about that." And then a few months later they started saying, we want to get another dog. And So then my friend Kathy, who runs a dog rescue at Keeley's Dog Rescue on Instagram, if you ever want to check her out, she got a call about this Labradoodle that had been tied up for a year. And she called me and said, hey, I know that you and your kids want a dog. I know you would prefer it, not shed. I got you a Labradoodle if you want it. I thought, okay, well, we'll foster it. So then we fostered it. The first night we were fostering it, Chase, it, <laughs> her, at the <laughs> time it was an it to me because I didn't love her. Yeah. She almost died. She We woke up. Oh, I remember up, that. Yes. We went to sleep. Then we woke up and went out into the living room and she was laying there in a puddle of blood and we had no idea what happened. Basically lifeless. The kids are upstairs asleep. This is their first new puppy. Again, we're still trial run, fostering it out, but ultimately we're thinking we're going to keep this dog. They had already lost Josie months before. So we're like, don't let the kids come downstairs. We've got to clean up the blood. Ben's picking up Cara. Well, she we, she wasn't even named Kara at the time. I don't even know that she had a name, but her head's hanging. He puts her in the car, takes her to the emergency dog place because it's a Sunday, and we were like, what, what's even open? And they said if we had come in maybe even an hour later, she wouldn't have made it. Then she spent a week in doggy ICU or something. They brought her back to life, and I thought, okay, what in the world? Is this a sign? Should we not have this dog, or is it a sign that we saved her life? Because, honestly, we were able to tend to her very quickly, which when she was out at Kathy's, Kathy has this barn. It's a really nice barn, but she's got other dogs out there and they were kind of living outside in this barn cage thing. So I don't know that they would have noticed it right away. So then I ultimately decided, okay, this is a blessing. This dog's a gift and... She survived, so clearly this is a sign. She's supposed to be ours. So we officially adopted her. She became our dog. And then, yeah, we just kind of liked her. All this to say, the last, I don't know, earlier in the pandemic, I think, like maybe March, April timeframe, she made it over to the I love you side. And now I love her. I can't get enough of her. I just, I will be crushed if anything happens to her. She is Josie status. But I just saw this study about how dogs can actually recognize, I love you. And then it told me how dogs say it back. So if I have any other dog lovers, listen up. So the study was done by Canine Cottages, and it followed four dogs for a week while tracking their heart rates. And when the owners told their dogs that they loved them, the dog's heart rates increased on average 46%. Isn't that so so awesome? And then the study also found that dog's heart rates decreased by 23% on average when they cuddled with their owners. Now, Josie was not a cuddler, but Kara, Cara cuddles. And now I'm going to be listening to see if her heart rate slows down because she feels comfortable with me. And then a veterinarian, Dr. Heather Vincat, she said that if a dog does these actions, it's how the dog is saying, I love you back. A dog curling up next to its owner, wagging their tail when being greeted bringing a toy to the owner, which signals trust, showing their pet parent their tummy, and then when in pain, they go to their owner. Boom, that's your dog saying I love you.
1: That's that's awesome.
0: I know that Chase has a sad dog story, and he didn't want to bring y'all down by telling it, but do you think you'll get another dog anytime?
1: Yeah, for, for sure. I think right now, figuring out where I land on the other end of 2020 is probably the first step. But yeah, I definitely want another dog. I just need to make sure I have a place for a big dog. I like I like big dogs.
0: I agree. I, ben does not want a little dog. I could probably handle uh, where our labradoodle is full size, but they make those cute little tiny they make, I don't know, somewhere <laughs> people make <laughs> these tiny mini go, golden doodle things. <laughs> the, oh, those yeah, are seen those. so Cute to me that mary has one but she's living with her parents during coronavirus but her name's Hannah, and she is so cute but i follow a couple of doodle accounts on instagram and they are precious which speaking of instagram if y'all live in nashville i want you to check out wags and walks nashville if you're looking to adopt or rescue or foster again the instagram is wags and walks nashville And our dog mom stuff that we have up through the Shop Forward supports them. Also, we've been supporting, actually, I don't know if we've updated that, but either way, the dog mom is supporting great causes. But also we've worked with Proverbs 1210 Animal Rescue. And so those are places in Nashville that I know are great to work with if you're interested in that. And then if you live in Austin, uh, we've worked with Austin Pets Alive a lot. So those are the references I can make, but I guess just if wherever you live, you could Google different places you could adopt or foster to see if you want to help out. Because again, remember, that's one of the things from 2020 that's not all that bad is people are home more and they can foster and adopt.
1: Yep. I love it.
0: Well, that wraps up all four things for today. Chase, thanks for joining me for all of them.
1: I'm glad to be with you today.
0: Yeah, so fun. And then a big thank you to everybody that's been loving our four things fall pullovers. We've sold out of some sizes, but we've been able to keep stuff in stock because y'all are loving it. And obviously fall isn't even officially here yet. I think the official day of fall is September 21st or 22nd or something.
1: That sounds right.
0: So just a couple more days, we'll officially be there. New York is super pretty right now.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful right now. It finally cooled off. I mean, it wasn't really hot, but, you know, it's still kind of in the upper 80s, and now it's like in the 70s. and This is totally, like, hoodie weather is my jam.
0: Oh, I love New York in the fall and then at Christmas time. I can't wait to travel there again, but it probably won't be until... 2021 but or 2022, or I don't even know. Okay, well, I hope y'all are having a great week and we'll see you on Tuesday for the Q&A episode. Bye. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way?